0: Hello, folks. In the last lecture, we began to look at some of the modes of Dasein. Specifically, we looked at tool being and ready and present to hand. This week, we turned to some of the most well-known parts of being in time. As being in time proceeds, Heidegger begins to offer a rich account of the peculiarities of the being that is Dasein. If you recall, we noted Heidegger's reticence about things like dualism and describing Dasein as a subject. There is a good reason for this. One of the things that Heidegger thinks characterises Dasein is its withness. Prior to being a subject or a self, Dasein is always with. You will very well ask, with what? Well, as we saw in a general sense last week, Dasein is always with world. As being time progresses, Heidegger starts to ask, what else is Dasein with? One of the other things that Dasein is with is things in the world and also others, or other people. Or as he calls it, Mitsein, being with. Dasein, as Mitsein, is always with others in certain ways. This week then, I want to explain how Dasein is in the world already with others. And also how being with others can take the form of two types of impersonal being. The they-self and one-self. Are inauthenticity and authenticity. I say both are impersonal, because they characterise Dasein, not specific subjects. Although, more on this as I progress. Part 1. Self, Subject, Dasein. Who matters? One of the hardest things to grasp when we're trying to understand Dasein is just how exactly do we separate it from traditional and everyday terms like self. Individual, subject, or selfhood. It is important to understand how Dasein differs from these terms to understand why Heidegger wants to reframe our understanding of what it means to be a self. After all, if he thought the term self was adequate, then he would have just used it. But he doesn't. The most obvious reason for this is because it holds just too much philosophical and theoretical baggage. When we say self, it implies things like subject-object self-other, inner-outer, immanence and transcendence, and so forth. These terms hint at what it is like to be Dasein, but do not really get there. Secondly, these terms are limited because they do not understand Dasein in terms of possibilities. When I use the term modalities of Dasein, I'm really just talking about how Dasein is intelligible primarily as possibilities, or in order If we must understand Dasein's possibilities, it is incumbent on Heidegger to explain the range of possibilities available to Dasein. More specifically, the modalities of Dasein are its abilities to be, as John Hoglund puts it. The more conventional terms I just mentioned above don't really articulate the sheer worldedness, worldfulness, worldliness of Dasein. As you see, sometimes it's just plain hard to bend the English language towards Heidegger. If anything, those terms, self and so on, they necessarily amplify the separation of self and world. All of those above terms do get complicated, though, because Heidegger characterises Dasein as minus, or, more specifically, in each case, meinness, or ja meinigkeit, as it is in German. Dasein is such that an I is always involved. OK, but we need to avoid, to proceed via assumptions about this Iness. As we should know by now, the I is not a subject separate from an object for Heidegger, and especially not the I of a solipsistic consciousness that transcends itself to an external world because Dasein is already in the world. If Dasein is the being whom self-interrogates itself, then the I cannot have a privileged access to itself. This is to say, Dasein is not self-present to itself. And this kind of makes sense in an average everyday kind of way. We do not really know ourselves when we go about our business in the world and quite often we are uncertain or even oblivious to what an eye really is or what it might be doing. An implication of this insight is that we ought to cast aside any idea of the heroic, voluntarist, existential individual in command of their own destiny. This, I think, is a common interpretation of being in time, but an inaccurate one. Heidegger is doing something more subtle. Because design is inherently a form of existence, or a form of life, this means that Dasein does not have an essence. Hence it cannot be understood as a unified subject, actively uniting space and time. But what then at all could minus be if it is not a definitive thing? The answer to this can be grasped when we ask whether being in time is a prescriptive work. At base, Heidegger is not saying, let's be individuals or that we ought to be individuals, or say that individualism is a desirable state for society to reach. He was, after all, no liberal. What Heidegger has tried to comprehend is what it is like to be individual, or what are the characteristic features all humans have to do with their individual life. Certainly, we're all individuals in different ways and have an interior life, but for Heidegger, I would argue this is not paramount. What Heidegger is trying to articulate is less what it is like to be you and me, but what it is like for all humans to be individuated. Remember, the idea of excessive interiorization and subjectivity was a problem for Heidegger. Such thinking was precisely what atomizes us. It is significant that Heidegger works not directly with the problem of others, but rather with the question of the who of Dasein. Dasein's who is not encountered as a being present at hand, something physically continuous and present throughout changes. That would be, he says, an obvious ontological way of taking the ontical claim that in each case Dasein is an I, that is, the subject is present at hand, a steady and inseparable present, to itself in reflection, while also having relations to others and things but we must not take our ontological cues from ontical facts, for that is one of the basic errors identified in the introduction to be a good time. This helps us get a sense of what he means that Dasein is in each case mine. Rather than take the statement that Dasein is in each case an I as an ontic claim, we should approach it ontologically. Dasein's being an I is not a fact, but a manner of existing and must be interpreted existentially the who of dasein as a form of minus emphasizes a salient feature of what it is to be dasein and not so much an instance of dasein or as you might say a case of dasein so when heidegger says minus he is not talking about a specific person or even people nor is he talking about the interior content which makes up our psychic lives rather he is talking about what is characteristic of Dasein, which is in each case mine? That Dasein does not have an essence discloses that its mineness is the abilities to be available to it. Which it can, of course, either action or renounce. Dasein as an ability to be is expressed where being is always at stake for it. So Dasein comports its mindness to available possibilities which is what distinguishes Dasein's mindness. Because Dasein's mindness is inherently in the world, consequently Dasein is also defined by its not-mindness, or the status of others. This helps us to understand why Heidegger sees the question of the who of Dasein and the who of the other as related. Interestingly, this analysis of mindness does give us something quite distinct within the philosophical tradition. As I said at the outside, Dasein is Mitsein, or being with Usually in the philosophical tradition, we reduce the problem of other minds to a subjective problem. The existence of the external world, the existence of other minds. These are somewhat trivial for Heidegger. Basically, they are non-problems, and really something we ought not to worry about. This is because... Those problems as they are posed in that way assumes that consciousness is originally separate from the world, whereas the structure of intentionality and the idea of being in the world tells us this isn't so. Here, Heidegger will make a similar move. The problem of other minds is a non problem also, because it assumes an legitimate characterization of the human being as originally alone. Heidegger is going to insist that Dasein's being with others is what he calls equi-primordial, that is just as original, with its being, with things, or indeed with itself and others. Part 2. The Lives of Others Dazan, as I noted at the outside of the lecture, implies witness. Already we have seen that being in the world must include being with entities. Also, entities ready to hand or present to hand are so also for others. Others are already being there too, with me, in a shared world. Though we should be careful here. When Heidegger talks about others, he does not mean everyone but me, leaving the I isolated, as if I encounter myself first and foremost and others only afterwards by some additional process. Heidegger claims that in order to encounter ourselves, we should look away from first-person experiences or first-person agency. So Heidegger insists To say that others are there too and with me is to be taken existentially, not categorically. As in, as a statement that there are other Dasein-like beings nearby. Dasein's being in the world includes, as an existential characteristic, being with. Being with others and being in the world are from the beginning part of being there, as it is in the German, Dasein. This should make clear that Heidegger is not pursuing the solipsistic claim, or the claim, I am all that is the case, so to speak, because what is in each case mine is constituted from being with others, entities and the world. Others are precisely those from whom I do not distinguish myself. For example, even when we are alone, we are still being with. As the lonely-hearted very well know, being alone is entirely compatible with a close proximity, even intimacy with others. In other words, existentially, I'm never alone, but always being with. Only a being whose being is being with can at all feel the deprivation of being alone. Our being with is distinguished by being a form of care or concern. Again, We need to be really careful here. Care is not positively coded in Heidegger. When we are hurting someone, we are caring as much as when we are being kind to someone, we are caring. Heidegger proposes the term solicitude as a way of dealing with human beings as human beings in a concernful mode. We might think of this as an attending or a habitual vigilance or a looking out for The ontological structure, solicitude in this case, is the condition both for looking out for someone and for not looking out for someone. As concernful beings, then we must be first aware that to understand our relation to others as concern, we must recall that the state of caring, of Dasein, is thought in terms of its possibilities. Care is a purely modal concept. It is not an act of caring, nor is it an act of cruelty. Rather names the way Dasein can or cannot respond to the being of others. Remember, Dasein is its possibilities, its dispositions, capacities, or potentialities. Dasein is modal, which is to say it is what it can and it is what it does as much as what it does not do. This is quite a unique way of thinking about others in the history of philosophy. If we think of René Descartes, we could think of the problem of other minds as connected to the eye, and the problem of proving the veracity of the external world, say. Or, if we were followers of David Hume, we might think that the problem of others is one of the passions, the emotions, where our relations with others is modulated through empathy or sympathy. Interestingly, Heidegger has some things to say about empathy. Heidegger thinks that empathy is a misguided or deficient way to conceive of human relations. We can certainly have empathic feelings, where empathy is understood as sharing the feelings of another. However, what empathy demonstrates for Heidegger is that something must be deficient in human relations, such that empathy should be should seem, rather, an obvious way of understanding them. What Heidegger does here, as elsewhere, is argue that a particular way of understanding Dasein actually serves to conceal his ontological structure. If we think that empathy is needed to understand others, or think empathy is a fundamental aspect of Dasein, even a commendable one that we ought to value, then that entails accepting, well, firstly, that Dasein is primarily separate from others, such that it can then strike up as a certain kind of relation with them, and secondly, that as separate from others, it is mostly concerned only with itself, such that empathy appears a relatively unusual and praiseworthy attitude. In effect, empathy as we normally understand it is only possible on the basis of the kind of inadequate ontology that Heidegger aims to displace. This is a quite counterintuitive set of thoughts. But Heidegger is clear enough the more we are committed to empathy, our ontological understanding of Dasein, as well as our being with others, will be foreclosed. I think, though, he's not saying don't be empathic or do avoid compassion, as Nietzsche might have done. What he is saying is that we need to think of empathy in a fuller way, one that reveals how, prior to our feelings, we are already there with others. And this is a more profound thought than I am a being who on occasion feels what it is like to be human. You can see the problem. Furthermore, the question of empathy also denotes a type of passivity of the self. As in, I am a being that is subject to, or even stronger, subjected to, feelings about how the other is. Such a form of feeling is essentially irresponsible. As such, We need to have a more fundamental account of feeling, connecting our moods to our existential dispositions. Our existential dispositions, the modes of Dasein, thus require expanding to account for what we do with the state of how we are. If Dasein does not have an essence, if it is defined by its existential possibilities, then Dasein's being with confronts us continually, with a burden or responsibility. Dasein is thus the being that decides its existence, the orientation of its life. Again, I do not think that we can equate this with some kind of voluntaristic self-assertion of the will. Responsibility is being alive to what it can be as much as what it cannot be. The last point is important because it retains that modal sense of how Dasein functions. Even when we do nothing, even when we omit or or forget to take up, say, available possibilities, we are still in some sense responding. So, not being responsible in the narrow sense is still a form of, let's say, dispositional responsiveness. Part three: They matters. If Dasein is the being burdened by things it can and cannot do, therefore whatever possibilities it does actualize are informed by being with others. In order to develop the concept of being with others, Heidegger turns his attention to the different ways Dasein's being with others manifests. Because others are already there too when Dasein is with them, then within the structure of meanings that is the world, it follows that everyday being with has a kind of gravitational pull towards the common, towards the public, towards the average. In section 27 of Being and Time, perhaps one of the most famous parts of the book, we see that Dasein exists alongside meanings that are shared. And so we are drawn to think and act in ways that are closely aligned with the way others, they, think and act. As Heidegger points out, this is the condition of possibility for something like public transportation. These services and information about them are addressed to an average Dasein. However, this structure of averageness necessary to everyday being with, is part of the, the power or the pull of the day. One of the difficult things to grasp with the day self is that it is not positively or negatively inflected. Being they self is not necessarily a bad thing, to which being oneself is the antidote. If anything, the day self is the most common characteristic of dazine. Heidegger develops the discussion of being with by considering the idea of the anonymous or impersonal subject, the they, das man. This is somewhat tricky to render into English. Think of all the English expressions we use that convey this notion of how we deploy they in an everyday sense. We have they say, one does, this is how one does it, that's just not the done thing, so I've heard, This is what they're saying these days. Everyone knows that. Or you often hear the expression used when scientists release some study or other and someone will say they say eggs are bad for you now. These types of expression refer to common sense which as we know since Plato is the enemy of philosophy. I think Heidegger for his part is suggesting that the mode of the they self is somewhat thinking in the making rather than thought itself. After all in the they self there are no real sharp distinctions drawn. And it express is what is typical or middle of the road or a la mode or the fashion. The day self is Heidegger's version of Plato's cave. It's the kind of thing Plato had in mind when talking about what he called doxa or opinion and what every critic of democracy has said about his dangers or weaknesses. It's what intellectuals say about newspapers and social media. They... One, everyone, are those pronouns referring to the fact that, for the most part, who Dasein is, how Dasein acts, what Dasein believes in or values are not distinguished from that which is in common in the public sphere. In more common parlance, we would talk about the manner in which we are influenced by our culture, by the media, or our peer group. That's what Heidegger has in mind when he talks about they-self. Another feature of Dasein as they-self is that of levelling. If we tend to think of Dasein in its subjection to the they as a passive, we should also remember that for the most part, Dasein's who is the they. Levelling is what we might call the agency of the they. Everything unusual or important gets levelled down to what was already known, or what was already being acted upon. Although it is... Everyday Dasein itself that has this agency, it is also the case that the day self disburdens Dasein of decisions and responsibilities. In the day self Dasein does what they do. Heidegger notes that the structures he has just articulated form an answer to the question of constancy. We touched on this already. The idea being that Dasein's constancy lays in being present at hand, or a subject with a fixed essence. More interestingly for Heidegger, Dasein's constancy is derived from the they, from others. The they-self, the way we endure over time, depends on that very day. Dasein has constancy not because it is self-same and unified over time, because in general it's not really in itself at all, but the impersonal day and all the natural dispositions our societies have historically accrued over time. Heidegger notes that, as such, we're dealing here with an inauthentic self. The idea of authentic self-out is addressed much later in Bied time, in uh, section 65, if I believe. It is worth thinking about now, though, about what Heidegger means by authenticity. Authenticity is not an ideal translation, but it does the trick of, and the German term is, Egentlich. Which relates to mindness, but also can mean ownness. Eigenklage also refers though to what is real, actual, or true. So authentic, rather than say counterfeit, uh, a sham or deceptive. Authenticity discloses that Thazai's being wit is also the possibility, disposition, modality towards being real. Authenticity. Is in it itself, and in order to. Things get slightly complicated here, though, because Heidegger will also say that inauthenticity does not signify something necessarily deficient, unreal, or something untrue. The self is plenty real. As I said, it is one of the most common characteristics of being alive. In a way, it is kind of our default being and we oscillate back and forth between authentic and inauthentic modes of self. This begs the question, who differentiates, or what differentiates, authenticity from inauthenticity? And really, the answer to that, I suppose, is it is a different form of steadfastness, a different type of constancy, or a devotional constancy, if you like, where in the day self we allow ourselves to be publicly interpreted in the authentic mode we attempt more to establish a different kind of constancy where we own up to what we are as opposed to fleeing or shirking the inescapable burden of responsibility which defines us. This is signalled in the uh, penultimate paragraph of section 27 of Being a Time where Heidegger suggests authentic Dasein is not necessarily detached from the day in some form of, say, heroic independence or as Heidegger puts it himself, an exceptional condition of the subject, but is rather, instead, an existential modification of the they. So, authenticity is inauthenticity. The sense Dasein attempts to distinguish or differentiate ourselves from the homogeneous noise of public life or the resistance that emerges from allowing ourselves to be publicly interpreted tells us something about this effort to be real. Humans have the urge, as it were, to get real and stamp some purpose on our existence or in more ordinary terms to take up our potential or the possibilities available to us. Our life, our design is made up of falling in and out of authenticity. All of this relates to Heidegger's overall argument that we are temporal beings, mortal beings, finite beings beings which are constituted of our own finitude. Time imposes a certain urgency on us, making us question the authenticity or reality of our existence. This is also why authenticity is difficult, because in a way it involves a sacrifice of ourselves, the world of convention, habits, secure knowledge, the world we as individuals think is a secure, or in short, the world of the they. Dasein is not the self of introspection. It cannot be characterized as a substance or something like an object, or that is thing like, nor is it really a material entity. But authenticity imposes on Dasein the challenge to be in a world. We can only find the meaning of life when we are beings of the world and not beings subject to the world. By way of conclusion, the who of Dasein is characterized by being in each case mine. That Dasein's so called essence is its existence makes manifest that we can only understand minus in terms of abilities to be, which it can either disburden itself of or burden itself with. Dasein's minus is inherently a form of being with. Being with, Mitsein, is further distinguished by specific existential modalities of being with. Dasein is both authentic and inauthentic. From here, we can get a clearer vista on what Dasein is like. Being in time attempts to reinvigorate and reanimate the question of being. And thus, authenticity and inauthenticity connects to later critical concepts which Heidegger develops throughout the rest of being and time in order to give us as rich as possible an account of what it is like to be alive. This will require us to dig deeper and confront even more challenging notions such as truth, death, anxiety, resoluteness, historicity and time itself. One of the key things we need to remember is that another word for authenticity is courage, or the courage to be, resoluteness. Here we can find an echo of Aristotle, where courage is the enabling virtue, that is, it is the virtue that enables all other virtues to take place. In Heidegger, this is precisely what authenticity does. It imposes upon us the tenability of our own existence. The who of Dasein is the who of this life.